<laughs> they always start with a question, and it's like, Jews, are they rats? <laughs> <laughs> that was a come down bit. That's your, that's your uh, impression of the McLaughlin group? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Women, are they sluts today? <laughs> no, we're sluts uh, always. Are they sucking and fucking? <laughs> <laughs> And that's why we shouldn't have rights. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, that seems like as good a time as I need to start. Welcome to Armchair Assholes, the podcast where we suggest that all criminals run for president to avoid prison. Uh, Today we are talking about Trump's third run at the presidency, Republicans winning the House, and how Mitch McConnell's turtle-dicking it all the way back to the Senate minority graveyard of absolute cuckfucks. I'm your co-host, Gwyneth. And I'm your co-host, Alejandro. And we have had... Such a busy few news weeks, it's not even funny. Well, I mean, it's been four weeks. Uh, what could have happened? We really fucked it on trying to get this podcast out immediately the next week, right before Thanksgiving. It was Alex's birthday, uh, and you know, I, applied to, holidays. I applied to grad school and accepted a new job. So we've been a touch bit busy, and um, we weren't good at this to begin with. So whatever, we're just going to roll with it. What, newbies being good at the one thing that they're trying at? right from the start who knew (laughs) (laughs) so like i said it's been a freaking crazy news week um and by news news week i mean news month by news month i mean news year by news year i think i mean news decade um but every single time we sit down to think about what we're going to talk about for this podcast within two hours something else happens that's just Uh, an absolute fucking nuke on our original plan yeah we're just invalidated you know it's just it's like ah what will happen it's like no your news will be written for you in like a day (laughs) (laughs) uh what feels like eight million years ago but was actually just a couple weeks is that republicans finally finished all the tallying and have officially won the house by a very small margin of a couple seats so they can take that and pound sand so um, yeah, I mean, you're looking at like Kevin McCarthy potentially winning the speakership, but I mean, realistically, he's even struggling to do so. The margin is so slim that it it's it's going to be a very weird power sharing agreement between all the factions within the Republican Party, and that's not going to be a good time to whip anything up. And you know, weirder still is Pelosi stepping down as speaker. Like, not that I didn't think it was going to happen because of what happened to her husband and what's been going Amber on time. with the fact that she's been in public office for, you know, decades on end. She's been in public office, you know, three times more than any of us have been alive. So let's, uh, <laughs> you know, that it, it's been quite a while. She's actually been in uh, the speakership since the 1920s. So, yeah, um, it's true. <laughs> back when Coolidge was president, so too was Nancy <laughs> Speaker. Um, no, but I mean, Nancy Pelosi has like this really incredible public service record and she has always, always, always leaned less to the left than me. But I do think that is a queen bitch right there. She whips votes like you have never seen. And I think there is some serious talent that is going to be hard to match, even if my politics don't always agree with her politics. 
Well, it's a shame that her, you know, her husband is in the hospital and also that the fact that he's uh, not going to be the most incredible stockbroker in the future. Oh, well, I just think getting your head bludgeoned in by a pipe is a pretty fucking shitty way to start the holiday season. <laughs> but um, props to Pelosi for decades of public service and really knocking some wins out of the park for the Democrats in the House. And, and unfortunately... We are going to have to listen to Republicans putting themselves up on a pedestal and jacking off to the fact that they won five extra house seats because we goofed it in New York City. Of course. If you are uh, hearing that, it's the sweet sonnet of our dog Panda drinking water and (laughs) slopping it all over the floor. Um, She loves that shit. But this is a family podcast, so it includes (laughs) the dogs. (laughs) Um, and other news, Democrats have officially taken the Senate. So, Which is a hell of a big surprise. No one was expecting that. And I think that we kind of knew when we recorded the last episode that this was how this was going to go. I mean, Raphael Warnock kicking the shit out of Herschel Walker has <laughs> been just a joy to watch from the sidelines. I mean, it would have been really funny to see uh, Senator CTE himself, Herschel Walker, to actually have, you know, Continue past the point, but you know, that's kind of a funny versus actual good situation, right? Like, the morbid curiosity is there, but the empirical desire to have that fucking doofus making laws is not there. I mean, yeah, and then his like his history with violence, his you know, his actions. I mean, I mean, his son has already spoken against him multiple times, and you know, something that really chafes my peanuts is how fucking morally bankrupt the Republican Party has become to be fully excited about endorsing, accepting of individuals with credible histories of domestic violence running for office. They will vote straight down the ticket line. And that is something we can't hold ourselves to. But, you know, that's... It's... For our morals to theirs, it's a very big to difference. Theirs. Our morals to their morals. Yeah. Yeah. I think that um, our accepting of individuals who have these documented long histories of domestic violence to be getting fuckloads of money and support from government parties is disgusting yeah it's disgusting and as if the republican party hasn't done enough to kick women this year right there yeah. their new I mean, favorite Dobbs. <laughs> their new favorite puppy to put on display at the show is a man who beat the shit out of his wife like held a gun to her head it's just fantastic i i just fucking love it it's just it's this really frustrating cycle we have of not holding men in power accountable mm-hmm. and not holding individuals that we hold in esteem for any particular reason accountable so in this case with herschel walker it's mostly been his prowess as a football player and yeah i mean the next thing they're gonna do is run oj for fucking like new york senate right like probably that's like where they're gonna go from here Uh, unless they go like back on like uh josh holly or some fucking like other loser and like when ted cruz finally crumbles into fucking dust he will be replaced with oj simpson (laughs) Ugh. Yeah. I mean, if the glove fits. Well, I mean, speaking about Texas, uh, that's where 
Do we have to talk about Texas? I mean, that's where Herschel Walker actually lives. He doesn't live in Georgia. He lives in Texas, for fuck's sake. Like, he is not even an actual Georgian. Yeah, His but, residency is in Texas. I mean, if, we had the same fucking thing happening with Dr. Oz in yeah, Pennsylvania. In New Jersey, exactly. He was New Jersey, and then he went to Pennsylvania. It's like... Honest to God, if the Republicans wanted to win, they would just run the people in their own fucking states. But, hey, you know, uh, intelligence is one thing. That's not ever been present in the Republican Party. Yeah. And um, I really do think that Herschel Walker gaining notoriety was to some extent just because he was a bit of a republican yes man like he could just take the points that they threw at him and go yeah sure that's fine as long as i can get away with threatening to murder my wife then i'll just say whatever you want of course and it's the same completely trash valueless politics that has characterized the republican party for years and years now and i think it's just gotten worse honestly to our news firestorm clusterfuck tsunami we have donald trump running for president yet again third time is the harm we are so excited to hear more of his obnoxious vitriolic diatribes on the airwaves it's just gonna be a fucking party i mean what's interesting though is like i feel this time around it's like a coming off as like a wet blanket though because his first speech was really weak and then he's only gone on to talk to what Kanye West and Nick Fuentes like really that's it, it's such a weak start for a presidential campaign that's then all it's not just mired in controversy but then further plunges in it like it feels like there's nothing of substance from the get-go and to be honest, even the Republicans don't seem that excited. I mean, you can count the midterms to him, right? Their complete ass-kicking in the midterms is almost entirely attributable to Donald Trump endorsing candidates and sticking his little itty baby hands that they can't stop sucking on in every fucking pie. And the truth is, I think that there has to be some level of recognition among Republicans, despite the fact that I consider them all to be morally bankrupt gremlins, that Trump, as their morally bankrupt gremlin-in-chief, is maybe not their most effective path to continuing to hold on to power. Well, it, and it's just, it's like, like, they need a scapegoat, right? Like, they need an explanation for why everything has failed thus far, and he's an easy one. He's uh, He's already failed like an election he's already uh he, his endorsements already failed midterms it, it's like it's easy to pin the blame on him and i don't see why 
he wouldn't be an easy way out. I mean, he's not having the blame pinned on him, though, because right now he's the only candidate in the Republican primary for president. I mean, unless you like count Ron DeSantis. <laughs> Ron DeSantis hasn't announced. Well, he's I mean, too busy bumming himself and spending time taking away uh, opportunities for people to get educations and putting migrants on planes to Massachusetts. Of course. So. Uh, as much fun as he has human trafficking, he has not yet set aside time to announce formally for president. Mm. And I don't know that he will because it would take some brass cojones to decide that you were going to run against Donald Trump because everybody in the fucking Republican Party knows that Donald Trump is a piece of shit and that they need to kick him while he's down. But nobody wants to be the one to put on the steel-toed boots and make the kick because they're probably going to be eaten alive. I mean, it's just like they'll be called weak on stage, but all they have to actually do because, you know, hey, Donald Trump is a New York guy. He's very weak. They got to just actually push back. But, you know, it, I feel like it's got to be in the political instinct to fight. Let's... Well, Let them eat themselves. Well, they've established themselves as a party of the status quo in some ways these days because their status quo is white supremacist, racist, misogynistic, homophobic rhetoric. And that is their status quo. And stepping away from that sounds like something they would rather rip out their own teeth than do. Yeah, easily. I mean... The idea of trying to grow a moral compass from scratch is a pretty tiring <laughs> one. Like, women are over here giving life, but Republicans are over here trying to grow a soul. So, who has it harder, really? Plus, Trump is mostly running because he doesn't want to be thrown in prison. Well, he doesn't want to be like that, and he doesn't want to be viewed as a loser. He lost the last election, right? Like, he wants to be a winner. He, Like, I mean, I, I don't know what his fucking dad did to him, you know... That, Fred that, Trump, the friend Trump like was a, a monster, shit, but but like it, it is quite inherent that he is pathologically induced to try to keep on pushing himself when he knows well, he'll fuck up. And you know, he never really seemed like an individual who got any joy out of the role of being president. Oh, oh my God. No. It was just the power associated with it. But yeah. now he's under so many fucking investigations at one time. I can honestly hardly keep track. He just got served with uh, 17 guilty counts of tax fraud yeah. for the Trump organization. He's being investigated for the January 6th insurrection he's yeah. being investigated for the mar-a-lago document heist i mean he's got campaign finance law problems he's got taking government property possible espionage act violations yeah and even if like half the stuff is like not gonna pass that's like a monster of a case to try to defend like literally like i don't know i mean i don't want to say he'll wiggle himself out of this one but it's why he is such a fucking worm it would just be in his nature <laughs> it, it, it's his it's in his nature to try his political future is just a pile of compost and he is a worm yeah digging his way through just trying to find a way back into power he's just so horny for it that he can't see it's his own demise but you know i don't know i feel like the the where, where everything stands right now it's a very a different world than it was for six years ago and you also have his own family who does not seem supportive of this presidential run uh, ivanka's out yeah kushner's out like all of the people that 
seemed like perhaps you could argue they were grounding forces. His most competent people are essentially leaving. Not they to don't- mention his most competent people still behave like they'd been hit on the head with an anvil about 50 fucking times before they stepped foot in the White House. But I digress. With them leaving, it essentially leaves him open or even more open for, you know, scrutiny. Uh, like, you know, K- Kushner is not going to be there to defend him. Uh, Ivanka isn't going to be there to play pretty for his family, right? Like, it's all gone. J- Trump Jr. is an idiot. Eric is a dumbass. Like, all these people are not exactly the brightest bulbs in yeah, the their entire family is one giant congregation of fucking dipshits. If you've even seen like a documentary about these people, literally everything they're like they have is being served to them, and they are like doing like yes no answers to everything. They're all busy throwing ketchup at the walls and spending millions of dollars on paintings of themselves. Of course. Ivanka and Jared as, I would say, pseudo-moderating forces, at least in the court of public opinion, I don't know who you have lining up next to Trump. Even his own blood relatives are telling him to go fuck himself. I mean, it's, it's just, it's not good for him. I don't think there's a clear path for him. Unless something radically changes like over the next few months, it's really going to be a mess. Well, he doesn't really have any hill to climb right now, though, because he has no opposition in the party. Everyone is just saying, yeah, all right, Trump's running again. And they realize that there's a bunch of fucking saber-toothed, tiger-hat-wearing, flag-waving fucking freaks that are interested in trying to commit insurrection at the Capitol and take QAnon to their grave. I don't know. That's... I think the main factor there, because there's like literally no base. The base that they originally cultivated isn't really something they understand anymore. And there's been a lot of evolutions within that base based on the type of rhetoric that's circulating. And Mm. now all of that rhetoric is once again being recharacterized because Twitter is in the shitter. Yeah. I mean, it's it's all um, up in the air, you know, it's the same, like, hyper-transphobic, hyper-homophobic like area, but it, it's like, it, it alienates people. I think it alienates the standard people that, you know, that would actually go out to vote, so it's confusing. I mean, what we really have is an ongoing culture war that is losing the flame, It's just not progressing with as much vitriol and vigor. And I think that's partially because Trump originally lost power. I think that's partially because January 6th has had consequences for some individuals. I think that's partially because you have fucking pieces of shit like Alex Jones being charged hundreds of millions of dollars in cases for slander and libel and spreading falsehoods. I mean, there's a lot of factors converging at one time that are kind of pulling the wind out of the sails of the Republican culture board. Every piece of 
hateful, vindictive, transphobic, homophobic, misogynistic, racist legislation and rhetoric is being met full force by individuals on the left who are saying this isn't going to fucking stand. And there's even some people that are squatting there in the middle and a little bit over on the right going, you know what? That's really a lot. I mean, you could see this with the most recent bill that just passed. Yeah, 39 Republicans in the House voted in favor of the revised version of the Gay Marriage Protection Act that passed previously in the House and then the Senate and then had to be revised and then went back to the House and is now set to be signed by President Biden. And that is no small feat. It is really exciting that this is passing. I mean, fucking disgusting that you still have like 150 Republicans that are so openly homophobic that they're willing to vote against gay marriage. You know, generally we see when we're looking at the United States populace that LGBTQIA individuals, the relationships they maintain, are viewed either as neutral, ineffectual actors in people's lives, or as really positive actors in people's lives. And at this juncture in time, almost no one knows people in their life who don't know someone who is gay Mm -hmm. or who is trans or who identifies as in some way queer yeah there is just really not this die hard plurality anymore where you could make the argument that gay marriage shouldn't be legal yeah exactly and like why don't they get the same benefits that you know heterosexual cisgendered couples do like the main thing that this boils down to is get your mind out of everyone else's fucking pants and mind your own Seriously, just live and let live. Fuck right off with this rhetoric that, oh, it defiles my marriage. Well, stop defining your marriage by what other people are doing when they're fucking. And in the meantime, take a good hard look at yourself and figure out why it is that you don't have anything better to do with your goddamn time. You know, something that really goes to show how far gone and religiously soaked the Republican Party is now is this really disgusting couple of quotes from Vicki Hartzler. She's a representative from Missouri from the Republican Party who said, quote, this bill only serves to further demonize biblical values, end quote. Which is fucking crazy because, hey, you know. Last time I checked, there was supposed to be a separation of church and state and you're not supposed to legislate biblical values. I mean, I feel like like, these guys are just fascists. They're trying to integrate like some kind of religious zealotry to our, like to the nation's. Another just absolute gem of intellectualism and public service from Icky Vicky over here is, quote, This is yet another step towards the Democrats' goal of dismantling the traditional family, silencing voices of faith, and permanently undoing our country's God-woven foundation, end quote. First (laughs) of all, I would like to begin with a clearer and focused point. Suck my ass. No. (laughs) No, this homophobic piece of shit. I mean, it's so fucking stupid. I mean, like the fact that someone is so obsessed in legislature about the definitions of biblical scripture, right? Like how in, and I will say, in God's God's name name is someone like this come (laughs) to existence? Don't say it in vain. Of course. Don't say it in vain. This is the Lord's Congress now. Yeah. Jesus. 
And not to mention, uh, Vicky Hartzler's nephew is gay. Oh. So. Well, she must fucking hate him. I mean, poor kid should not be exposed to such a toxic, vitriolic piece of shit. But yeah, I mean, it just sucks so bad that people like this end up in power. Like, just shove it up your ass. I mean, if they were good people, you know, they would be doing something better than to legislate, you know, in actual power to, like, hurt their family. Those who can't run for Congress. Of course. And everybody here preaching the obnoxious, traditional nuclear family values is living in a 1940s daydream of making disgusting jello treats and living in war times. And they're all convinced, oh, you know what was great when women oh. couldn't have credit cards? Hey, hey, or- hey, I love aspic and quaaludes, so I love... <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but, oh my you God. know... Um, was that what was worth interrupting me for? No. Aspic and quaaludes? Uh, yeah, aspic and quaaludes. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I mean, they're just living in this manufactured fantasy about what America just used to be like before well, women had fucking rights, I the, guess. The thing is, is that they view, uh, like, the fact that, oh, women didn't work in this way and that they were, like, suddenly so happy about existing in this, like, environment. Not to realize, like, like everybody was an alcoholic. Everybody was torturing themselves. Like, people were getting actual lobotomies. They forget the past. And that's the thing, is that... They don't even forget the past. They re-narrativize the past. They decide mm. what sounds like the thing that should have happened and their weird, frivolous, over-the-top, entitled, wet dream of what the past used to be like. And then they make that their truth. And it's fucking repulsive. Well, a theory is that conservatives forget the past and uh you know leftists or progressives are cassandra to the past they basically remember it in clarity and realize hey that might not have been a great time we should progress beyond the point and i mean there's still members of the democratic party now who are not thinking clearly about the type of history that we lived and the type of future that we need to build and it's an ongoing struggle for us to find value in the truth and that's something that's gotten so much worse under trump and really if him running reminds me of anything it's how much i wanted to put a brick through my skull every time he just made up a version of what life is like because he couldn't fucking articulate that he's just a rich scumbag with nothing to offer and kind of reliving the past we see it you know a symptom of it we see strikes on the horizon for basically every industry. And for labor rights that are just Often whittled neglected. down to nothing these days. Once again, we're back to this era where workers have no value, where labor is just commodified out the wazoo and humanity gets you know, just it, the short end of the stick in every case. And people regret, like, having a weekend when, like, labor was the group who managed to make that. An eight-hour workday when labor was the people. The IWW actually created the, like, eight hours, five-day workday. We're returning to this world where labor is retreating and capital seems to be pushing incredibly hard to really 
garner the last bit of profit where it can. And not to mention that all of this profiteering is completely at the expense of our environment, of climate. Of course. I mean, all of the capitalist ventures that have been pursued and all of the sowing of capitalist seeds all over the world, really what it has done is systematically dismantle the value we place in people, the value we place on their labor, and the value we place on the planet that we inhabit. And it is just polluting and destroying every single one of those things. It's never going to get any better as well as long as we continue to legislate in a way that isn't in favor of basic protections on all of those fronts. It's sacrificing the future for short-term profits. And we see that with... You know, with uh, the rail strikes that are supposed to happen and now potentially illegally so because we are siding with the essentially robber baron bosses that made so much of a profit. It would be disgraceful for them to basically serve a pittance for improving the lives of their workers. You see that in the UC system where workers, some who have to have wages of what sub plus $20,000 in areas where the poverty line is like forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000. I think actually for a single ha- household in the Bay Area, it's like almost 100K. Yeah, exactly. Is, like under that is considered the poverty line. So they're and not- we're paying academic workers like a quarter of that. Which is, how do you even live? Like how, how do you survive in these environments? Ah, ah, ah. There's a trick. You have a wealthy partner, then you can do academics. Yeah, but then that just gates people. Absolutely. And then you put people in positions of high institutional power that are only coming from one faction of the economy because otherwise how it would truly would, be an impossible existence to maintain. Yeah, how else would you survive? It, it's insane. And so we're seeing these labor developments occur, and it's it's just it's quite clear that – this is the path forward. I mean, I don't know. Uh, what can be said is that these people have a right to strike and they should by any means. And it's for the railroad, like the railroad workers to be essentially barred from doing so is insane. I mean, when we're talking about labor, we're talking about really the essence of the American economy. Right, we're talking about the backbone. And right now we're crouching in on the holidays and this is the time where particularly the railroad strikers agenda will be the most impactful. I mean, everybody and their mother wants to utilize the mail system mm-hmm. to get their packages across the United States. Meanwhile, these people who are working are like not even able to see their families. I mean, or what- take a sick day. Yeah. That is just inhumane and fucked up. And the fact that we have supported policies that don't allow these individuals to just be human, to catch a cold, to break a bone. I mean, like, could you imagine the amount of time that, like, any one of us have been sick in the last two years, three years, given the circumstances, like... I don't see how we could not, like, 
afford these people the time that they need for any kind of recovery. And it's not that we can't afford it. It's that we're choosing not to set aside the money. For profits. It's, it's... Personally, I'd rather pay three more cents for something that goes through the railroad and support a worker getting a sick day. Yeah. And maybe that's coming from a place of privilege. I can afford the extra three cents, but... I certainly think that for those of us that are in a position to allow others to live a life that enables them to be sick, that enables them to be human, that enables them to spend time with their families and cultivate hobbies. It gives them the dignity to do so. Yeah. That has to be a priority wherever possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we have Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren and other people in the Senate who are forces of nature in favor of labor rights. And I'm hoping to continue to see powerful mobilization coming from them and coming from these workers, because the fact of the matter is your dollar is worth nothing if you don't have a life to live it with. Yeah. And we can't espouse values in this country that we don't live. Yeah. You cannot live the American dream if you are not even able to get a cold without it meaning that there isn't a roof over your family's head. You can't live the American dream when you can't even live, when all you're doing is working. So it's just... And not to mention the American dream is really just like a fictitious clusterfuck and we don't need to get into all of the ways that that has been implemented to try to uh, make people okay with (laughs) a non-existent bucolic... Life. Fantasy life. fact that a lot of these railroad workers are not going to get a chance to spend much time with their family this holiday season we do have one piece of good news Brittany griner touched down in the united states today of course so she has returned from russia where she was wrongfully imprisoned for drug smuggling i mean if you can call like what two cartridges of like a cbd thc pen drug smuggling of course it's it's a mess she has has truly just been a political pawn in the russo-ukrainian conflict yeah that was the entire goal of this whole clusterfuck and truthfully to some extent it worked the russians got back victor boot who is referred to as the merchant of death he is an arms dealer i mean he's Um, Yeah, but it's like he's 15 years, 20 years out of date. Like, you could think of all the time and the connections that he's built up in the last two decades. How would he have been able to even maintain any of them? And now, like, he returns to Russia. I mean, I think it's uh, honestly more positive for Brittany to come home than for him to leave. Like, Yeah, and... I mean, I'm fine with taxpayers paying for the inmate situation of one less piece of shit. Yeah. Right? I mean. Yeah. Like, it's I'm 100% on the, like, on the board of it being a net positive. Yeah. And Brittany Reiner deserves to go home to her family. And I'm very glad to see that 
she was able to get the media attention to make this happen because as a LGBTQIA identifying woman of color, I think historically we may not have as a country taken her story as seriously. And we have oh, it would have been Paul s- Whelan, who is still in Russian custody for mm-hmm. um, supposed espionage and has been for the past, I think, four years. And what's insane is that anybody who says Griner over, like, uh, him, like, it was – his family even said that they would have supported Griner coming home. They understand. They understand the situation, what's occurring, and like that it's a fluid environment. It's insane to think otherwise. I don't know what people get up up in themselves about this, but yeah. Also, this is so fucking apples to oranges. Yeah. You have a WNBA star who's a citizen who has never participated to my knowledge in any of the united states armed forces Mm -hmm. who is just there for a few days and ends up getting unlucky yeah on the other hand you have paul whelan who is a marine corps vet and is there for very different charges related Mm -hmm. to espionage and you really can't expect that the Biden administration was going to be able to wheel and deal in a way that works for uh, both individuals. Uh, they're not wheeling and, and dealing. dealing. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I saw your face. I saw your face when you knew it. You knew it was there. Oh, that's how we end this episode. We're uh, going to be wheeling and dealing. Oh, God. In, into the future. As we negotiate the Russo-Ukrainian war. Oh, my uh, God. I got you. That's I got fucking, you on one that's thing. That's fucking terrible, and that's as good a time as any to call this goddamn podcast. Thank you so much for listening to Armchair Assholes. If you don't mind, please slam on a five-star review. It really helps us out. And if you can subscribe, you can listen to the two of us attempt to have reasonable conversation about complicated issues using a lot of swear words once uh-huh. again in the future. I would say every Monday, but I've clearly not established a track record to back that say, up. Reasonably timed? No. Let's let's figure that one out. We'll keep working on it. Yeah. If you guys keep listening, we'll keep making content. So uh, thanks so much for listening. I've been Gwyneth. I've been Alejandro. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye.